0: Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. The title of my message this morning is just three words. Don't do it. We start a new series this morning, which we're going to go over January, and it's on summer psalms. You know, we've all probably got a psalm that we love, and I'm gonna, we're going to read this morning from one of my favorite psalms, a psalm that has spoken to me, the psalm that has ministered to me, and a, spa, a psalm that God has used in, more, in my life more ways than any other psalm. But before we get to there, now some of you may have heard this story before, so just bear with me for a moment. I remember when I was just a brand new Christian, I remember sitting in a chair like you're sitting in this morning. And the pastor stood up the front, he grabbed his Bible, and he said, all right, what we're going to do this morning is we're going to read from Psalm 119. So if you can open your Bibles to Psalm 119. Now, I was just a brand new Christian, so I opened to my favorite book. It was called the Book of Contents. And so I opened it, and I kind of perused through it to try and find the Book of Psalms. And so I'm looking through, and I'm looking through, and I couldn't find the Book of Psalms. And and, and so by this point, like, everyone else in the church had found it, and they're reading from it. And it was kind of that awkward moment for me when everyone else knew where it was except for me. So I just kind of did this. I just opened it somewhere, pretended that exactly what it was, you know, in one flip, I found Psalm 119, which I didn't. I was in Ezekiel, chapter 25, verse 1. You know, and, 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 and I pretended that's what, which is exactly what you would have done if you were in my shoes, yeah? You would have done the same thing as I did. And I remember in that moment, you know, just not knowing and couldn't find the book of Psalms. You know, a couple of weeks later, I, I was in life group and I was talking to one of my friends in life group and I was talking about the fact that I couldn't find Psalms. He goes, it's just here. Look, ready? There it is. I even, oh, 20, 22, I even found it. You know, and he goes, and I go, that's not the book of Psalms. That's the book of Psalms. And he laughed at me and I didn't think it was funny, but he thought it was funny. Now, we might be like that this morning. Now, you might not be silly as I was and, and not know that Psalms is said per Psalms. I mean, you're not, you might not have reached that sense of enlightenment, but you, know, you might not have just been trying to find the book of Psalms. But maybe in the middle of everything that you've gone through last year, as we look into this year, you've been questioning and wonder where is God in the midst of everything you've been facing? You know, in the midst of some of the challenges and some of the fears that you've carried through the last couple of years, is, as we walk in, as the calendar ticks over another year, maybe this morning you're sitting there and you're, you're wondering where was God and where is God? And so if you've ever felt like this, if you haven't yet felt like this, then God's got something that He wants to say to you this morning. And my, I've got a promise for everyone this morning. And the promise is this. That God is going to speak through his word to you this morning. So if you've got your Bibles and you want to open up to Psalm chapter 46, if it's of any help, mine's uh, 517 on page 517. It's pretty much go to the dead bang middle, turn left slightly, and like, you'll hit Psalm 46, and we're going to read it together. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. There. For I will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea. Though the waters roam and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Verse 6. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolation He has brought on the earth. He makes wars, sorry, He makes wars cease and ends to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bows and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let me pray. Dearly Father, we thank you, God, that at the beginning of a brand new year, God, on the first Sunday, God, January 2, God, we thank you that you want to meet with us this morning. God, I thank you what you want to say to us this morning. God, I pray that you will speak Because I know you will speak, and I know you do speak, and you will speak through your word. God, we've come to hear from one voice and one voice alone. That's from you. So God, speak through your words into our lives this morning. God, we're hungry, we're ready, we're desperate to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Who needed to hear those words this morning? Beginning of a brand new year, who needed to hear those words from Psalm 46? I did too. See, let me give you a little bit of context of what was going on. Israel was surrounded by a whole lot of danger. There's a the nations left, right and center all around them. And some of the most powerful nations were surrounding their nation. And now there was enemies on all sides. And if they give up now, things would get unpleasant really quickly. You see, if they gave up and they, and they began, this would, this would lead them to begin to fear. And then this would lead to begin to, to, to um, this would lead, this would lead them to despair. And this would lead them to weakness. And they would become an easy prey for all of their enemies. And to them and to us, the psalmist, the psalmist pens these words. And he says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present Help in trouble. I love that word present. I love that our God is still present. That He was present, that He is present, and He will always be present. And then He says, and therefore we will not fear. Have you ever noticed that there's some things that are easier said than done? I mean, let's let's think about it. You know, losing those Christmas kilos, easier said than done, yeah? You know, you know, parents, getting kids off TV during school holidays, easier said than done. Ladies, getting your husbands to buy you a bunch of flowers, easier said, that there's a few elbows, done, done, yes. Gentlemen, seeing the palms play half-decent cricket, no, that's just impossible, that's not ever easier said than done, but do not fear, easier said than done. So have you ever noticed that some things are easier said than done? See, but back in the day, back in the day for Israel, there was a lot of fears that they were challenged and they were facing. I mean, they they would fear injury, and they would fear despair and death, and storms and earthquakes and droughts and and famines and floods. And of course, then then there was the occasional conquering army that would come in and conquer their cities and conquer their nation, and they would steal their women and children, anyone else, and then would try and obliterate and kill anyone else that was in that was left over. And yet, in many ways, we've got it so much better today, don't we? I mean, we've got doctors and nurses. We've got hospitals. We've got insurance companies. We've got Medicare. We've got Centrelink. We've got retirement funds. We've got food hampers. We've got housing for the poor. We've got policemen. We've got firemen. We've got big armies. And then we're allies with people with bigger armies than our big army. And yet, fear is still a powerful emotion for all of us. It's interesting, I wrote this message during the week pre to the government legislating that we needed to wear these again. You know, last night I received a phone call to say, hey Dave, just to let you know we need to wear masks at church again this morning. And I don't know about you, but I don't know what happened in your mind when that came up again. All of a sudden I found myself beginning to think again, beginning those little emotions began to stir up in me. So why do we fear? Because We fear because fear is a natural response to the unknown. You know, if if we think about the things that we can't control, these things easily make us afraid. You know, when life gets hard, when dangers come, when when we are under threat for our livelihood or disease or industry and death, and even the most spiritual and godly men and women that we know at some point begin to fear. See, fear is a reality of life. I mean, all of us experience. I mean, just the other week, I, I went to the letterbox. I mean, what can, what can be scary about going to the letterbox? Well, I opened. There was no spiders inside. That's a win. There was only a little few ants, and there was a couple of letters. And I pulled out one of the letters, and it said my name on the front. But then in the top left-hand corner of that, it said Department of Queensland Transport. In that moment, I began to fear. And I opened it with fear and trepidation. And I pulled it out, and it was Shady's registration, and I felt a whole lot better. And I walked in, threw it at Shadi, where this is for you, not me. (laughs) See, we all fear so easily, don't we? In those moments, fear grabs hold of us. We become anxious, desperate, and even powerless. And when fear controls us so easily, our lives can become miserable. But God tells us, don't do it. God tells us, do not be afraid. In fact, in the Bible, 365 times, God says a similar thing to us. He says, do not be afraid. One for every single day during the year. Why? Because God knows a default setting when we're faced with uncertainty, when we're faced with challenges, is to go to fear. And yet God said to Israel, and God Says still to us, don't do it. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. So, what do we do? What do we do when fears come? What do we do when mandates happen and masks and the emotions that come with all of those things? What do we do when fear begins to knock on the doors of our lives? Well, there's a couple of keys that I want to just want to look at this morning. From Psalm 46, verse 10. And the first thought is this, that God calls us is to be still. See, the psalmist writes to Israel in the midst of all the uncertainty and the fears and the challenges that they all facing. And the psalmist writes to them and he says, I want you to be quiet. I want you to don't move, don't, don't fuss, don't fidget. Because he knew, he knew that it's hard for God to do a work in our lives when we're worrying and fussing and fidgeting and running around with like headless chalks. You know, he knows that we need to be still. And let me illustrate this. Have you ever had one of those moments as a set of parents or grandparents or pretty much anyone else? You know, when when a kid comes to you with a splinter in their finger... And and they come running up to you because they know they they know that you care and they know that it hurts and they know that they can trust you. And so they run up to you and go, look dad, I've got a splinter, can you get it out? And so, you know, before you can touch the splinter, so you grab the tweezers, before you can touch the splinter, it's like, it's like, you know, it doesn't even you don't even touch the splinter, their finger or anything else. And what are they doing? They're pulling it away and they're saying what? Ow, it hurts. Now, I haven't even touched their finger yet. You know, it's like, it's like oh, we're, we're like this far off, and they've already pulled away saying, ow. And there's tears and there's snot and everything else because of a little tiny splinter in their lives, yeah? At some point, maybe you're just like me, at some point you just look at them in the eyes and go, stop it. Listen, you've got to sit still. Stop moving. I can't help you unless you stop moving around all the time. And at that moment, hopefully, sometimes, maybe, They might sit still long enough that you can get that pair of tweezers and you can pull out the little splinter that's in the finger. See, when life gets difficult, when things aren't going our way, when challenges come and when life hurts, I don't know about you, but I find myself fussing and fidgeting and refusing to sit still and panic begins to rise in our lives. And the reason we struggle to sit still It's because we haven't always recognized the second part of the command that God gives us. He says, Be still and know that I am God. To love the psalmist here. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, talking to a nation in turmoil, talking to another nation now in some degree of turmoil, and he says to us, and he said to them, he says, Trust me. He's, he's in other words, he's saying, You know, do you really trust me? I mean, I'm God, and I've got this under control. Even when you don't think it is, even when it seems like it's not quite in control, I've got this. Church, do we really think that God caught, got caught off guard by what's happened over the last couple of years? Do we really think that God upstairs is kind of sitting there freaking out, going, "Oh, I don't know what to do"? Do we really think that God is kind of sitting there, going, pulling his hair out, going, "Jesus, I hope someone gets a better vaccine really quickly"? Do we, do we, do we, do we really think that God doesn't have it covered? See, I remember when Ruben now middle son was three years old. You know those moments as a mom and dad, you watch two siblings running around the house chasing each other. And you know that moment where you watch them and you look at them and you go, something's going to go bad and someone's going to get hurt. Well, I remember Reuben was running into the lounge room and his sister was chasing him. As he ran into the lounge room, he tripped and fell and cracked his head on the edge of the glass coffee table that was sitting in our lounge room. And at that point, as you can imagine, he began to cry. And so I get a phone call from Shardy at work saying, you've got to get home right now. Ruben's just cracked his head and split his head open on the side of the glass coffee table. And so I've jumped in the car and I've raced home. After she hung up from me, she called the ambulance to come out and to sort our son out. I got home. I may or may not have beaten the ambulance, all at straight, strict speed limits, of course. And, uh, and as I ran in the house, I remember seeing... My son's head with a gash from about here to here. And it was split open and you could see parts of his skull and the inside of it. And I remember picking up Reuben. And just, just after I got there, the poli- the, not the police, the ambulance turned up. That was another time. That's another story for a lot of time, right? The ambulance turned up. And they weren't chasing me either. Just, it's on video. Anyway, uh, it's on. Uh, and the ambulance turned up after me. And they came in and assessed him and said, we need to take him to hospital to get him checked. So I jumped in the ambulance with my son. And on the way there, I knew what the wait times were going to be like at the hospital. And so I managed to convince the paramedics to drop us off at the local GP. So I called ahead and said, can we assess my son? And they said, yes, we can see him right now. So bring him straight in. I remember as we arrived at the GP, as we went inside with my son in, in his arms. As I looked at him and he looked at me, as the nurse the nurse and some of the doctors came to check him out, one of the nurses pulled me aside and said, look, I just want to let you know we've run out of glue and we're going to have to stitch. You know those moments as a mom and dad and you go, pretty sure Ruben's not going to love that and I'm pretty sure this may or may not go exactly according to plan. And I remember lying on the table with Ruben. You know, we had the examination table in the examination room, and I lied on the table with Reuben in my arms. And I I looked at his face, and I said, Reuben, look at me. So he looked up at me, and I said, Reuben, do you trust me? And he sort of nodded with tears streaming down his face still, because his head, as you can imagine, still hurt. And I looked at his face again, and I said, Reuben, do you really trust me? And he nodded. And I said, Reuben, you are going to be okay. Do you believe me? And he nodded again, and we lied on this doctor's surgery table, and I gave him the biggest bear hug ever, and the tears began to dry up on his face. See, notice nothing changed. Reuben still had a big gash on his head. He still had to get stitches. I still had to give him a bear hug to hold him still. We still had to have a male nest hold his head down as he watched a needle go like this towards his head. He wasn't quite so excited by that moment. But one thing made the difference: He trusted me. And at once he focused, and once he focused on that truth, everything became just a little bit better. See, that's what this verse is talking about. God is looking at us. Maybe, dare I say this morning, that for some of you questioning, wondering, where is God? And maybe He's got you in a big bear hug. And He's looking at you in the eyes. And He's looking at you this morning and saying, Listen, listen to me. Do you trust me? And we nod. And He looks at us again and He says, with love in His eyes, He looks at us and says, Do you really trust me? Well, then, if you trust me, be still. And know that I am God. I love the word know. The dictionary defines the word know as this. To perceive or to understand as fact or truth. What would our outlook look like? If we knew as a fact and truth that God was with you no matter what this year held. What would your life look like right now if we, if we knew deep down inside that, that fact, truth is that God will never leave us no matter where we go, no matter what we do? See, if we look at the challenges of this year, as we said, you know, the challenges that face us this year, they're not my problem. They're God's problem. See, God is God and I'm not God. He is God. I'm not going to try and plague God. And I, but I belong to him. And he said that he would never leave me. And he said that he would never forsake me. So my problems are now his problems. And he said that he would help me through my problems, no matter how big, how scary, or what they seem like they might be. No matter how scary, how fearful we might be. In Exodus chapter 3, the Israelites had been in bondage for four centuries. And and and, and 40 years before, or just before the end of that, uh, Moses did a blooper and he ran away to Midian for 40 years. And Israel and Moses had a problem. See, God came to Moses in the middle of a of a burning, in the middle of a fire in the burning bush, and he spoke to him, and he said that he wanted to go, but he wanted Moses to go back to the nation of Israel and to set his people free, but Moses had a checkered history, had a checkered past, see, he'd murdered an Egyptian, and he'd run away and left God's people, but God, but Moses asked God, he said, God, if I'm going to go back, you need to tell me who you are so that when they ask who you are, I have something to say. You see, Moses was fearful about what they would say and what he would say. And so he came to God and he said, God, who are you? And God said this, I am who I am. Just tell them I am sent you. Now, I don't know what you go through your mind at that particular moment when you hear that. I remember reading... A little while ago in my quiet time, and I, I kind of read came across this passage and read this story again. And I remember just reading it, going, you know, if I was Moses, I would want a better name than I am. I mean, I would want the I am God, the Omega, and you know, like I'd want something, something impressive, like I am the big smutter. I don't know, like I'd want some kind of great name, and yet all that God gives Moses is just tell them I am. I remember sitting in my quiet time and I'm reading it. And I remember having this little dialogue with God, and it went like this. God, I am. That makes no sense whatsoever. That's a really dumb name. I mean, I shouldn't call it a dumb name, but anyway. Look, like it seems like it's a really dumb name. Does that sound better? Anyway. You know, uh, God, I am what? At church, it was, it was the most closest thing that I've ever experienced to an audible voice when I felt God say to me, it's exactly right. And I remember going, what? I don't get it. I think I missed something. And I said it again, I am what? God said, that's exactly right. I said it to him, I'm saying it to you, I am whatever you need. And I remember that moment sitting in my quiet time, facing my own fears and challenges, and hearing God's voice just remind me again that his name is, he is the great I am. That his name is, I am whatever you So often in life, we think we need something else than Jesus. You know, if we just get the vaccine, it'll get us through. If we just get this, this will get us through. If we get the situation through at work, then that will get us through. You know, we think in life we need something else but Jesus. But God wanted to get us here this morning. That Jesus wanted to get us here this morning with one thought and one thought alone. We need nothing else but Jesus. That is, if the last couple of years have done anything they have caused... Two years of distractions. Maybe they have just for me. Maybe they have for you. And we've got distracted from Jesus. And we've thought that it was going to be this. And we thought that this would be the Savior. And we thought this might happen. And that might fix it. And this would happen. But nothing seemed to happen. Because we lost our sight of the great I Am. See, we think we need something else but Jesus. When the whole time all we needed was Jesus. See, He is the name above all names. He is the one where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jesus is the one who can do the impossible in our lives. He is the one that can do the impossible in a little baby girl as she walks in a surgery this year. He is the one that can do the impossible for a young couple as they battle cancer. He is the one that can, that can comfort as a young couple goes through losing their dad. He is the only, he will ever, only, ever be the one and only that we need. He is the great I am. And he was to the psalmist, he was to the and the Israelites back then, and he still is for us today. And he still calls us, he still beckons us back to him to say, you know what? Bring your fears, bring your worries, bring your tears, bring them all to me. Because he says, I still am whatever. I don't know what 2021 was like for you. We're yet to see what 2022 holds for us. But one thing I know is that the Lord Almighty is with us. And you know what the thing I've learned over times is I've got distracted. One of the things that has caused me to get undistracted, to focus back on Jesus, when, when the issues that I can't control seem to gather around us, to put the focus back on jesus and to remember what he's done for us in our past see when i get anxious when we get worried and when we fear i simply relist the thing the list of things that jesus has done in my life and if that doesn't work the first time then i go back to it again And I remember the list of things where Jesus has been faithful and he's been there for every single moment in life. And then when I forget, I go back to that list again. And I keep going back to that list. I keep repeating back to that list of God's faithfulness, God's goodness, that God never left me, that God never forsake me. Even when I blow it, even when I did things wrong, that God is and will always be there. You know what I found? as I begin to put the focus back on God's faithfulness and what He's done, and the temptation of fear begins to melt away. So what I want us to do this morning as we as we begin to wrap up? We're just going to remember, as you came in this morning, you would have got communion, a moment where we stop and remember the incredible sacrifice that, that Jesus made, you and the the incredible sacrifice that Jesus made for me. You know, I love the book of Romans where it says, whilst we were still sinners, Christ died. Church, I love that because it reminds me again that it's not about me getting right before God, but it's about what He did through sending Jesus to get me right before God. So why don't we, as Max plays, why don't you stop and remember. Begin to just call to mind the moments when God's faithfulness was there. The fears that came. The moments when God was with you. The moments that God never left you. Just call to mind those things together. Remember this morning.